Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome to Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. We're very fortunate to have Frank Nabolo with us from CBS Sports. You've heard Frank. I love Frank's commentary. Uh, you know why I love it, Frank? Because you say just enough. If if you've worked in the media as long as I have, and you almost have at this point, sometimes commentators can expunge a little too much of their own knowledge or something. And the and I that's what I like about you. I mean, I like you as a person too, obviously. But my point is, your commentary is always spot on, very succinct. Yeah, there's humor in it. Sometimes there's you can be, uh, you know, maybe they shouldn't have hit that shot. But that's what I think makes you stand alone and above a lot of folks in your in your profession right now. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's very good. Now I'm going to abuse you here with the. Oh, lightning that's good. No. Okay. I figured it'd be you know give with one hand take away with the other. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. <clears throat> um, we'll start with something fun. What's the dumbest thing you've ever seen? while covering a tournament something that we as viewers on tv cannot see but you can see from your tower position or in the trailer that's pretty hard really because most of all the stupid stuff most of it gets shown even it happened before we normally roll a camera on it so it would probably have to be amongst each other, really, where, you know, somebody broke it, fell off a chair. That would probably be me more than anyone. Um, Colt Nose got and lost. Um, Colt Nose probably doing anything is one of the dumbest things that, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that people don't get to see. I, I actually, I, I kind of like him, so he rips on me. But, yeah, he's a he's a breath of fresh air. But, yeah, some of the stuff Colt does, yeah, is, is, is probably the funniest stuff. Yeah. I noticed that you guys have done little competitions. I've seen little, little clips of you guys either doing <laughs> trivia or trying to throw a golf ball through a hoop or whatever it is. And, and those are always pretty funny. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like an old guy. You meant to respect your oldest. He's always dragging me along into other things and that. And I finish up being his Uber driver and uh, yeah. Yeah. You're the designated driver and he's the designated drinker. Is that kind of the, Pretty much. So, and I get lost. I get lost everywhere I go, too. So that's a bad combination. OK. <laughs> um, do you have uh, like a favorite golf book? Doesn't have to be like an instruction book. It could be a Dan Jenkins book or any of the golf writers. But, you know, that's something that m most pros that are working in the media, they don't. They don't share that very often. It's kind of a well-guarded yep. secret. Um, well, I'm going to go down sort of scientist street, golf machine, believe it or not. I went to Europe in 1981 or 82, so I was a 21, 22-year-old, and I ran into Mac O'Grady. I played with him at a tournament called the Lawrence Batley. And Mike Clayton, who is a really good course designer now, was also playing in Europe. He was my roommate because we didn't 
weren't playing for as much money in those days. And I said, uh, we, the next week was Holland. And I said, Mike, you, you got to meet this guy. He's crazy, but it's it's so impressive. And um, Mac wanted to play a practice round the next week in Holland. So we did. And, and Mac, at the end of the trip, finished up giving me a copy of the golf machine and 64 pages, psychostyle pages of questions that would help you. If you read the question, it, it helped you find the answer in amongst the book. And the golf machine wasn't one way to play golf, but was more like a, I don't know, a dictionary for golf or whatever. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people complain about it and go in there, but you know, I still think it's a, it's a very undervalued book. Anyway, I when I was flying back home to New Zealand, which is a long way to go from Europe, I read that book cover to cover, and I used those questions. The very next start I had, which was a few months later, was the New South Wales PGA in 1982, and that was the first pro tournament I ever won. And I'll never forget it because I thought the book gave me a reason why shots went a certain way. To me, it was the track man of that day. And and I I can see why these players use track man exclusively because sure. you get you get a direct um re recording of the shot you've hit, the why. And players always want to know the why. So for me, the golf machine, it, it helped change my career. Yeah. Good. <clears throat> if we um if we declared Frank Nabilo as supreme ruler of golf for one day, what would you decree as supreme ruler? What would I decree? Yes. Uh, wow. I'd fix the live PGA tour deal for a start. I'd realize that it, it's a marriage that has to be done. Um, and I'd, I'd uh, you can hate this, but I'd roll the ball back. They're doing that. Anyway. No, that's. Yeah. I'll, I'll do two things in one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Then you could, you know, you'd be in the Supreme Ruler Hall of Fame if you did two things in one day. You would, well, I think if you do one thing in one day these days, I, politics or anything, you're in the Hall of Fame for I think, doing I think, anything. Um, if you could dine with a historical figure, doesn't have to be from golf. It certainly can be. Can be anybody, uh, alive or gone. Who would it be, and what would be on the menu? I don't know. I've got a vision of Winston Churchill. That sounds stupid, right? No. But Churchill would, would would drink in the middle. It would drink all day, basically. Um, he'd take his hat off. That would be a good thing. So we'd have a whiskey. He's English, or was. Um, so he probably wants something. But I, I, I'm feeling steaks too. Like so, I would actually make him have a New York Strip, Pittsburgh style steak. I would let him choose the dessert. And yeah, we would drink his whiskey to start off with, and then I would, I would normally say a a European red, but I would actually then go with a Californian red, like a Peter Michael or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see Churchill. <laughs> this is, this just flashed on me, Frank. I could see Churchill if you were having the steak, uh, Pittsburgh style, cutting a piece of steak and then dipping it in his brandy and then eating it. <laughs> I just I don't know why that vision came to my head, but it it did. Um, what's your favorite golf course in the world? Uh, St Andrews, without without a doubt, yeah. really. It's just it's a golf course that was built for everybody. I think that's one of the reasons why it helped pay for my first house. Um, I said on your show that you know there used to be a tournament called the Dunhill Cup, which was a mm -hmm. team event, three players, sixteen countries. And uh, so I played in that. I think I played more Dunhill Cups than anyone. First played there when I was 23 years of age. Played a couple of 
two or three open championships there. And um, I just felt privileged. The Swalkin Bridge, where everybody takes a, a picture, everybody in the world that's meant anything sure. to, to the game has walked over that bridge. The clubhouse, the the town itself, yeah, it's St. Andrews. And and yeah. that's also why when you talk about equipment, you you, you want everybody to, to keep being able to enjoy a golf course like that. Yeah, absolutely. Got to play I- twice, though. You first what? time you won't, you have to play it twice. The first okay. time you will be underawed. Yeah. Okay. And then you start to appreciate it after you played it the second time. Wasn't it Sam Sneed who, when he rolled in there, his famous quote, like somebody needs to mow these hay fields or something along those lines. And, uh, yeah, I think he, you're right. He figured it out. If you could play around a golf rank with one of your golfing heroes, who would that be? Uh, I never got to meet Ben Hogan. I had the opportunity in the late 90s at um, Colonial, and and I didn't do it. And then he passed away the following year. Yeah, I played all the players in my, my generation. I, I never played with Johnny Miller. I think that was it. Every, Nicholas, Watson, Trevino, all of those. So it would either be a Johnny, who I've, I worked with a little bit, my Golf Channel days, um, Strike NBC. I'd never play with him, even though I knew him. I still know him as a man. Um, so yeah, it would be be. Uh, it would probably have to go to Hogan. Yeah, because just the 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 mystique, the aura. I, I I just love to see it. Never saw him hit a shot. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. I saw him in person one time at Shady Oaks, long time ago. Um, I was down doing a show in Texas, and they took me over there for lunch, and he was sitting in the corner at his regular table Mm. and i said is that mr hogan and they said yeah that's him and the waitress kind of put her hand on my shoulder and said don't go over there and i okay (laughs) you know Mm. like that but that was i did see him he was older then um what's the biggest mistake you think you've ever made while being on the air oh i made a bunch really i try not to remember them um Besides giving Colt nose crap, no, no, that's not a mistake. <laughs> um, wow, I could say something, but it would really throw me under the bus. But that wasn't live golf, so say whatever you want. No, I, I, honestly, that I, I nothing comes to mind. There's been plenty of them. Um, you know, you misspeak. Uh, I remember just recently. I don't want to blame a statistician, but there's a player called Callum Tarrant. And I think we were in Canada, it might have been two years ago. And, you know, you're going along and it was in the middle of a long run. And the statistician points to Callum Tarrant. And we'd, you know, the, and it was like, we've never, ever, there's never, ever been a Callum or Tarrant. I can't remember which one is, is we, we got a surname and his Christian name back to front. And he's actually a member now at Lake Nona where I live. Um, that's the irony of the story. But And he goes, this is the first Cullum that's ever played the PGA Tour. And anyway, I went with it on the air. <laughs> then I remember uh, Jim Nance looking at me, Ian Baker Finch looking at me, Nick Faldo looking at me like, did you just say that? Like like everybody on the tour is like the first for the first time. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's Byron Nelson or Tiger Woods. It'd be like saying, that's the first Tiger Woods. And I realized how stupid it was. And um, I tried to double down on it, but it, it didn't work. But um, 
but yeah, yeah I, I think there's been too many idiotic things that you think that were okay at the time and they just didn't come out the right way or oh yeah sense. that yeah. that does happen notice um, i don't want to i don't want to throw myself under the bus completely yeah yeah i get that <laughs> so here's a fun one for you frank if you were an animal what animal would you be panda panda that's who doesn't love a panda oh they're cute yeah and they get very well cared for Exactly. That's why I want to be looked after. Yeah. There, there you go. What's one thing you miss about your 20s? Oh, my 20s. Uh, never worrying about tomorrow. Yeah. That was the thing. I think, I think, yeah, I was traveling around the world. I didn't, um, I went broke twice trying to play the game. Um, but you just always, today was important. That was it. You had a series of todays. It was fun. And then all of a sudden you grow up. And you have responsibilities and you worry about your house, are you going to pay for it or all those things and life changes. But yeah, the twenties were, was a series of today's. I miss that. Yeah. It, it, me too. Um, when you retire, if you retire, um, there's no reason for that. Uh, what would you want to do? I'm having that discussion with my wife. Uh -oh. My wife wants to keep working. I've said I want to stop. You know, I want to stop sooner rather than later. Um, I actually want to travel, but travel differently. I've, I've been to these uh, so many different countries, and I want to take a camera. And I want to. I, I love photography. I want to get back into that. And I want to like go back to where I've been and see it differently, because it was just a destination. All these. I'm never going to. I don't know why Brussels props into my head. It sounds good, right? If you ask me something about Brussels right now, I couldn't even name a landmark or anything I've seen. Right. Venice, you name it, places in Italy. Um, yeah, so I'd like to go back and revisit some of those and actually see see what I missed. About the only thing I can remember about a lot of the different places I was were maybe a restaurant mm. that had, you know, a really good signature dish or meal and i could say yeah when i was in boston we went here uh or we you know florida whatever and uh that's about the only thing i remember because like you you know you get there you saw the hotel and the venue mm. the hotel and the venue and the short trip hopefully in between uh and that was about all you remember and which gate to get on the plane at the airport mm. that was like you know there was a lot of them. So never enough, time. Uh, never enough time when you were playing um, and you had these lengthy weather delays or even as a broadcaster, uh, sometimes you guys, it's so bad that it's raining so hard or whatever you replay part of last year's tournament and that type of thing. What do you do when the delays are on? Go on sleep, annoy people. Yeah, yeah I, I, I annoy people. That's my job. Really, so so when we have downtime or con commercials and whatever, uh, the producer at, at CBS, Seller Shy, his favorite phrase, and it's normally directed at me, is "pump the brakes." So invariably, if I'm you know during commercial or during rain delays and that, and I'm I'm trying to because you've got to keep people up, right? You, you, right. You don't want to like everybody going to sleep and then all of a sudden you're going to come back in five minutes. So uh, I'm notorious for telling long jokes, often without a punchline. So I'll, I'll get into that sort of mode, which drives people crazy. And um, 
so I'll I'll do that and then and then I'll be told to shut up or pump the brakes and that's maybe, pretty much what I do and the maybe, t- and then we're back on air. Maybe when you retire, you can write a book of the punchlines for jokes <laughs> you told. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I could find them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, what do you find is the worst part of travel and or the best? I don't think there's the best part of travel, really, because it travel takes you away from home, things like that. Yeah. I think I, I always used to home was a house, right? But when right. A, ha- a house becomes a home, travel becomes so much more different. Um, so travel is just a means means to get there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's. It's probably the worst. I missed. What's the other half of the question? The best part, if there is yeah. one. The the best part. I'm still involved in a game that that has given me everything in my life. So I, I think you, whether it's playing or broadcasting, you you, it demands your best. It 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 asks all it asks of you is effort. So that I like. I think I think I like. I don't like doing anything sort of half hearted. And you know, I take my broadcasting. People mightn't think so, but I take it. I take it seriously. I try and work hard. You know, like the little duck, right? You know, the feet are paddling. Yeah. You don't. People don't need to know that. Um, I've worked with so many great broadcasters and try to glean from them. Whether it's a Peter Ellis, I, I still have his line today you know, embedded in my head. You know, put the spaces in the right places. He always thought American broadcasts were overtalked. Um, there's a cricket commentator called Richie Benoit, who sadly passed away. I have his announcing laws in my phone, um, which is, you know, uh, triple bogey, the equivalent. He's a cricket commentator. is not sure. a tragedy. You know, the Ethiopian crisis is, you know, yeah. all these things that just help put your job into perspective. And you owe it to the viewer. I always think that. So I think the best part of of, of doing what I do now, too, is that it requires effort. And I think efforts what keeps you alive and motivated. Is the toughest part of your job, Frank, sometimes holding back on what you would like to say, or yeah. know, knowing the like you just said, you know, know where to put the spaces? And Peter Ellis saying American broadcasting was overtalked, and I would agree with him to a certain degree on that. But is that tough to kind of like almost bite your lip sometimes? Except when you're dealing with Colt Nost, I get that. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it is because you think about it. Sometimes you're employed because of what you say, right? So if you think that if you don't say anything, they're not going to hire you. Like who's going to who's going to hire someone to say nothing? Which is crazy, right? But you're also tuning to watch someone play golf at an incredibly high level. And my first ever producer, a guy by the name of Keith Hirschland. I remember said, you know, it, that's another thing that resonates with me today. He said, if you've got something more important to say than the shot being hit, then you should get another job. And it's the same. Like if you and I were to play golf right now, I'm not going to talk when you're hitting the ball. We're going to talk right. in between. So you just have to find find those spots. So to answer your question, yeah, there's there's tons of things that you would like to say. But there's, the silence too in sport is golden. If we've done our job, the viewers should know that this part is vital. And, and and that's that's part of the magic, I think, when you do that. So, yeah, of course you're going to hold stuff back to preserve that moment. If you don't, yeah, you might say something that's great, but you, you're actually disingenuous to the job, in my opinion. 
because you've stolen the moment that was really somebody else's. I That's think my one, view on it anyway. I think one of the most significant uh, in American television sports is when Tiger won uh, the Masters at 2019, mm. and Jim just kind of didn't talk right at the end. You know, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like it absorbed the moment type thing was the it was a colossal amount of time i was involved in that broadcast nick faldo and jim nance did not talk in there and i remember talking to jim about that as well as nick and once again it was they were both extremely good at what they do and they realized there was nothing that you could say that would match that moment yeah and and if you if you were along the tiger woods train and you'd waited five years is it five years no uh trying to think for his last major 11 i think 11 yeah you're right 11 years between if you'd waited that long and finally this moment was here he'd won another major championship and it was augusta you 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 knew everybody had their own importance of it their own value of what it meant to them watching the screen and and i've I've never been more proud of two people I've worked alongside and, and Nick Faldo and Jim Nance for doing that. It was, I, I stayed there for the end of that broadcast. My, my last hole that year was 12. Um, I do 11 and 12. And so the rest of the thing, I just watched the broadcast. They were, they were where I say my team, the team that I'm part of. And I was proud of that whole goddamn team. You know, they, they, they did their job and they never stole from the moment. I thought it was, was great. Yeah, it was a piece right. of br brilliance there. Yeah. Um, last couple questions. Uh, if you were, if you, some people, <laughs> some people think this is a funny question, and but this is one you might ask Colt sometime. If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? I, I, if you're on death row, probably wouldn't want to eat, really. Yeah, um, they always give you a last meal. So Yeah, I know they do, but I mean, I've never figured out why, though. Why? I mean, does it really matter? But um, what would I eat? Actually, I know what I would eat. I would I would eat a jam sandwich because my mum used to give me those every day when I went to school. She used to give me a make a jam sandwich. I hated it. It was just <laughs> like bread and jam. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. peanut butter sandwich. So I'd probably have a jam sandwich because I might as well finish finish you know finish it off the way I started. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And finally, um, here's your opportunity. What would your message to the world and or the golf world be from Frank Nabilo? Well, as I said before, golf's given me everything in my life. Um, you're lucky to play this great game. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just fortunate. I don't care what level. And you know, the, the people I meet, all the people I've met that play golf, they're they're as bitter and twisted and happy and they're human because they play golf. They're more human because they play yeah. golf. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Frank Navolo from CBS Sports, world traveler, um ascending barbecue guru. Uh <laughs> wait, thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. Hey, Jeff, have a great Christmas, sir. You too. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Until then, go out, play some golf. And as I always say at the end of the show, be kind. <laughs>